Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. In the name of Jesus Christ, may this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, phobia, depression, destruction, stagnancy, ignorance, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to guide it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. You may be seated. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to visit our Pastor Arkady, and we sat with him, I sat with him and spoke and he was talking about the uniqueness of the time that we are in and the isolation that he is in and we also are. He reminded us that this isolation always has a purpose. And this, the purpose is to establish, to establish the already existing salvation and righteousness, establish the promise, to establish that was already given previously. And when he explained this to me, I said, Pastor, it's good that uh, the sermons that we're receiving, when we're just reading the word or the, the sermons, Uh, it, it's a little bit harder, but when you explain it, I told him, you, you, it's much cleaner and clearer to me. And so he told the story of when he was uh, young and he just believed in God, and he would fill himself with the Word of God, the revelations of God. And they would seat him and he would preach. This young boy who simply was testifying the wor the words, speaking the words that he learned that he had in himself and he had greater wisdom than those who, others who were uh, preaching. But when he started preaching, uh, uh, this young man when he was growing up, when he was preaching and began to interpret the word, then they began to su be suspicious of him because he had a delegation, he was a messenger. And of course, I told the pastor, you know, it would be so good if you'd be able to state the word so that we would be able to uh, 
And so the focus is to study the eight names, uh, uh, the eight names that uh, we have been studying, the names of God. Uh, we on Tuesdays had been studying uh, the name starting with strength, and now we will be going to rock, the material, material that we had already uh, been through in the past. This will help me easier to pass on the word and, and study it further <coughs> and on uh, Fridays of course and Sundays and this will continue until uh, he returns and so seeing how the his healing is progressing uh, this will soon happen that he'll come back and we will be able to continue to hear revelations from him Ephesians 4 22 through 24 you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts and to be made new by the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness. The right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. To fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arkady, we need to put three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. These are put off, be renewed, and put on. <clears throat> Fulfilling these three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental requirements will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath or more specifically, will our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a seed, identifying the deposit of our justification in the given to us salvation, where we need to turn the three above-mentioned acts into profit within the death of our Lord Jesus, so that our salvation can become our possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Otherwise, we will forever lose the justification that is given to us in the format of a deposit. Relevant to this, we stop to study <clears throat> the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, which reveals the consistency of legitimate prayer in the <clears throat> eight names of God Most High. And getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David, consisting of the eight names of God, allowed David to love and call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so that he can be saved from his enemies. And second, it allowed God to... Get to get to know and confess the truth that opens up the power of his names within the heart of David, providing God the legitimate basis to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against the enemies of David. Mm. Psalm 18:1-4. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. And so let us now confirm these eight names within our confession. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation, and Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear these words, and may he establish them in our heart, and may he make us grounded and immovable in this hope.
in a specific format as much as the Lord has allowed and according to the measure of our faith we already looked at our inherited lot in the qualities and promises contained in the first name the name of God's strength therefore we will immediately begin studying our lot studying the qualities contained in the name of God most high rock which in its inner essence and in its nature has an unearthly hardness which is inherent to the nature of our Heavenly Father and is beyond the comprehension of the typical human mind of a man. The Apostle reminds us that the given nature of prayer where David confesses his lot in the given names of God Most High is a strategic teaching which has purposed to be the mantle for kings, priests, and prophets anointed to rule over their earthly body, which is their calling. And if a person is not anointed to rule over his calling in the form of his earthly body, then this prayer we are studying is not for him, as it will not benefit him in any way. To collaborate with the name of God, it is necessary to confirm, establish the kingdom of heaven on earth. What earth? Of course, in the church of God, of course, also within our body. And for that, you need to be anointed to establish anything. For example, on earth, if you try to establish anything, and if you don't obey the law, you will be put in jail. The same thing here. If you don't have permission, authority from God to establish life within our body, you'll be in a spiritual prison. You need to be anointed to allow God to uh, thrust out the stronghold of death from within our body and erect the stronghold of life to exchange uh, rulers. There need, this needs to be done in a legitimate way or manner and not how they do it, say, for example, in the Muslim country, uh, countries. None of this is to be done in spirit. If you exchange uh, the, the, the head, the leader, the, the ruler, it needs to be done in the way that God has required. Therefore, the quality of the lexicon of the name of God, Rock, something we will be talking about has nothing to do with how we identify it in the regular sense of things. And so, for example, a dictionary, it won't describe the word rock or the quality of its hardness of a rock will not be able, is not identified or explained in a dictionary as it is in the essence of, of God himself. As, for example, when God looked at the decaying body of Job and says, rock, and so his body, his dying and sick body, and God says, it is very hard, this person. What is God, how is God looking at his body this way? Hardness is a specification and something concrete belonging exclusively to the quality and nature of God. In other words, when we're talking about the name rock and its quality hardness, everything, uh, God's, God's nature in general has hardness. The damaged body of Job, he accepted the promise for his body and he confessed that he with his own eyes will see in his body resurrection. And God looks at his body and saw this hardness, quality of hardness, this rock within him. He placed the nature of God 
confessing the word that is within his heart into himself. In scripture, the identification of the word rock in regards to the natural quality of God Most High is illustrated with tints such as rock-resistant, strong, healthy, wise, tested, rooted, well-established, immovable, continuous, non-diminishing, constant, fearless, non-penetrating, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is that quality of a rock, the characteristic of the rock. And here is how the quality of the word rock, when it comes to the name of God Most High, identifies itself in scripture. Rock is stone, cliff, heaviness, weights, weight, scales. You see the quality of God, where it's consisted, stone, cliff, heaviness, weights, weight, and scales. And so, in judgment, he will use the name, his name, Rock. There's a place uh, that says that uh, with two or three witnesses, every word will be confirmed or every truth will be confirmed. And so that's how God uh, identifies Rock. And when we're talking about Rock, we will be talking about weight, uh, specific characteristics and you say how do you link the name of God rock with weights with with scales for example for example there's a, uh, a blown up balloon and I and I to ask a person to hold it and ask him can you hold it and he'll say yes and then I show him a large stone and I ask him can you hold it with your hand you'll say no it's heavy so identifying weight, and we 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 identify by the quality of, of it being hard, uh, the ability to weigh us. We're talking about the ability to of God being able to weigh us uh, on His scales. We put the Lord Jesus on one of the plates scales. Uh, he is the rock, and then we need to be equal in weight as Him. Every one of us, at the time of harvest, he will be weighing us. And this hardness, this quality of the rock, we need to apply for ourselves so that we be this rock, we have this, we be heavy like Christ, and we have, uh, be appro- we, it be appropriate to his. God weighs and measures using the name rock. And so you say, Lord, you are my rock. Practically, are calling him to judgment so that he began to weigh us and our words. Isaiah 40, 12-15. <clears throat> Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counselor has taught him, With whom did he take counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket, and are counted as the small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the isles as a very little thing. 
<clears throat> all the nations, they are as dust, as a very little thing, as it says, a small dust, as a very little thing. This And so one who does have the hardness or quality of the hardness of God, he sees him as a rock, as as you collaborate with the name of God, rock. And if such a person will be in the church, then he, he can state that the gates of Hades will not overcome. Therefore, the power of the name of God, rock, in its quality hardness contains the ability of the Most High to judge or weigh upon the scale plates of justice all that is created by Him to punish or reward each one according to their weight. Daniel 5, 24 through 28. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from Him and this writing was written and this is the inscription that was written Mene, Mene, Tekel, Ufarsin. This is the interpretation of each word. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Peres, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Looking at the given definition, to be clothed into the power of the rock of the Lord is to be clothed into the fear of the Lord, which is wisdom coming from above, giving us the ability to judge or to weigh upon the scale plates of the Lord, both ourselves as well as those people that are under our responsibility. Deuteronomy 25, 13 through 16. You shall not have in your bag, in, that's in your heart, differing weights, a heavy and a light. You shall not have in your house differing measures, a large and a small. You shall have a perfect and just weight and a perfect and just measure that your days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. For all who do such things, all who behave unrighteously, are an an abomination to the Lord your God. What does this say? That in our heart we need to have proper weights. If someone is attractive to us, for example, and we ask what 2 plus 2 is, we say 5, But if someone is unattractive, we're not sympathetic toward them, then we say 2 plus 2 is 3. The Lord says, I want you to have a long uh, long life, to live a full life, but weighing differently, don't base anything off your own personal sympathies. The scales need to be, the weights need to be even, equal. As when you go into a courtroom, there's a woman, uh, an image of a woman who has uh, scales in one hand and a sword in the other, and her eyes are covered with a blindfold. This is a great image of this. Scales or scale plates of the Most High, in His name Rock, is absolute authority and ability of the Most High to justly judge or weigh the creation He made so that each one that is weighed upon the scales of justice would receive their punishment or their reward according to their weight on these scales. Weights of the Most High are commandments and statutes of the Most High according to which He judges or weighs upon the creation, uh, 
uh, weighs, or he weighs upon these scales the creation that he has made the, upon the scale plates of righteousness. Therefore, to possess the power of the Most High contained in the rock of his name is to possess the authority and the right to judge both yourself as well as those people that are under your responsibility to judge within the parameters of the commandments and statutes of the Lord or to weigh your words and your actions upon the scale plates of justice of the Most High as well as the words and the actions of people that are under your responsibility and to master and clothe yourself into the unearthly quality of a rock contained in the name of God Most High, which quenches our hunger and our thirst and brings us to power over our calling, it is necessary for us to study four classical questions. First question, what in essence is his name rock consisting in the qualities of the rock of the name of God Most High? What purpose is the quality of his name rock called to fulfill obtained by us in the power of the name rock of the name of God Most High? Third, what price do we need to pay to be clothed into the quality of his name rock contained in his name of rock Most High, of God Most High? And fourth, by what results do we judge or do we need to judge that we truly possess the virtue of his name rock consisting in the power of the rock of the name of God Most High? First, before we begin to study the natural qualities of God Most High in His name Rock, we will remember that all of the names of God Most High are diluted in one the other, demonstrate themselves in one the other, empower one the other, and identify the truthful nature of one the other. Second, in the given prayer of David, the eight names of God Most High are presented in such an order where each following name is a demonstration of the previous name or finds itself in the following name. For example, the strength of the Most High reveals and establishes itself in the Rock of the Most High. The Rock of the Most High reveals and establishes itself in the Fortress of the Most High. The Fortress of the Most High reveals and establishes itself in the Deliverance of the Most High. The Deliverance of the Most High reveals and establishes itself in the rock of salvation of the Most High. The rock of salvation of the Most High reveals and establishes itself in the shield of the Most High. The shield of the Most High reveals and establishes itself in the horn of salvation of the Most High. The horn of salvation of the Most High reveals and establishes itself in the stronghold of the Most High. So, even looking at what we heard on Friday, we see the bronze altar of burnt offering and the gold altar of incense we uh, we pretty much uh, sanctify ourselves at the uh, at the bronze altar we then at the golden altar we give ourselves and dedicate ourselves And so every word, any phrase, any any observation, any text can be separated between the bronze and golden altar and how this collaboration happens. And so let us look at or try to ask the, uh, answer the first question, what in essence is his name rock? This essence consisting in the qualities of the rock of his name. 
And understandably, the first fundamental characteristic of the unearthly rock is one of the names of God Most High, rock diluted in the strength of God and coming from the strength of God. First virtue of his name rock is one of the inherent names of God as well as one of the inherent to his nature qualities and characteristics. Let us look at where we see this rock and where we see this name rock uh, and how it is associated with the Father God and then how it is associated with Jesus Christ and how it is associated with the Holy Spirit. And when we will come to the Holy Spirit, then of course this also is together with the Word of God. So let us look at the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and how they are associated with the name Rock. And so our Father God has this quality Rock. Psalm 89, 20 and 26. I have found, <clears throat> the Father God says, I have found my servant David. With my holy oil, oil I have anointed him. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the Rock of my salvation. The phrase, the rock of my salvation, means a rock in which my salvation is weighed and established. We can conclude that the power contained in the name of God, rock, is called to establish the already present in us salvation. Therefore, to establish the existing in us salvation, which we received from God freely by the redemption that is in Christ Jesus means to weigh us upon the scales of righteousness, to determine our weight or our heaviness, which needs to correspond to the heaviness of the commandments and statutes in which we abide and which abide within us. And so the Lord weighs us and determines our weight according to his commandments and statutes which need to be in us, within our heart. And this easily is done when a person begins to speak and when he opens his mouth and speaks to God, he prays, the Lord immediately is able to weigh him uh, and determine his weight. And so, of course, the Lord will never let us leave planet Earth until he asks us the proper questions and hears our responses to them to determine that weight. If the salvation of God shown in redemption from sin and death will not be established within our heart with the powers contained in the rock of the name of God, then God will not have any foundation upon which to demonstrate within our body the perfection of his works in the adoption and redemption of our body from governing sin in the form of the old man and show us that all of his ways for the redemption of our body are righteous ways. Deuteronomy 32.4 He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are justice. A person who has confirmed their salvation is able to say this and salvation that is established in his heart, he can say that the Lord is my rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. 
the starting phrase, I have found my servant David, how is the Lord to establish his name rock within us? He needs to find us. When we're born again, we're, we're not yet found. He finds us when we confirm our birth before God. We confirm who our Father is. And so the starting phrase, I have found my servant David, the Heavenly Father found him. This indicates the fact that David, presenting the members of his body as slaves of righteousness, provided God with a legitimate basis to find himself as a possession of God. How interestingly it is stated that when God can say that I have found you, when a person becomes a servant, and until you become a servant, uh, to become a student, God can't find you. And so you ask, how, Lord, can can I have your quality of a rock? It is necessary for you to first become my servant, uh, and I have so I can find you, I can redeem you, so you can become a servant, a voluntary servant to me, <clears throat> my son and my student. Everything that Jesus demonstrated when he was here on earth that he was a son, he was a student, he was a servant of his Heavenly Father. This is when we begin to confirm before God that he has found us by being born again. And so when, this is when we present our, uh, the members of our body as slaves of righteousness. The word I have found, or the phrase, to find, to achieve, to discover, to take cap captivity captive, to pay with yourself, caught in the nets of the kingdom of heaven, weighed upon the scales of righteousness, confirmed by redemption. All of these apply to a person that's not just born again, but one who's a student and servant of the Lord Jesus, and this is determined by giving the members of my body as slaves of righteousness. The phrase with uh, this next phrase, also from the psalm, with my holy oil, I have anointed him. After he found him, he with his holy oil, anointed him, indicates the thanksgiving of God shown to David because David presented the members of his body as slaves of righteousness. Because he became a, a servant of his, he anointed him. Why do we need to be anointed so that we have legitimate authority or power? Why do we need that? So we can uh, thrust out the old man from ourselves, the lawless one. The devil works in accordance to laws also but he knows that if he is in a place he's been given uh, the legitimate right to be there because of negative confessions uh, he's a, a person invites curses into his life a person gives place to him gives him way in spirit demons or angels cannot work without the law they work where they're given place and way And so what does it mean he anointed him with holy oil? First, to be anointed with holy oil, which serves for man as confirmation of his salvation, because he has presented the members of his body as slaves of righteousness, foreseeing the work containing the power to the right for man to dedicate yourself to the position of a king, priest, and prophet, to rub your body with fragrant oils, to adorn yourself with shine of a fragrant oil, to be healed with power contained in holy oil, to be impenetrable to the arrows of the enemy by the means of oil, 
to protect yourself from cunning or devious words by the means of oil. This is why we need anointing from the Heavenly Father. For what reason this anointing will allow us to be established in the Father or have His quality of a rock? We first need to become His possession. This is not just when we're born, when we're born and give our, the members of our body as slaves of righteousness. That's when we uh, testify of the fact that God has found us and has made us His possession. Second, anointing with holy oil, where a person presents the members of his body to God as slaves of righteousness, gives God the legitimate foundation he needs to do the following for man. To bind himself in a union with a servant of righteousness, God binds himself with such a person through the union and through the covenant. Unite himself with the servant of righteousness as one whole. We begin to be in his likeness. We begin to be transformed in his likeness. And God, as Pastor says, God never sends a person to do his work in the world until he is ready, until he sees himself in this person, identifies himself in him. To bind himself with a servant of righteousness with bonds of love, to clothe the servant of righteousness with the power of his names. If a person calls God his rock, but does not possess the elements of anointing, which is a result of the fact that he gave the members of his body as a slave of righteousness, then such a person deceives himself and prompts wrath against himself. Anointing of course is then together with the Lord finding us. Because a warrior in prayer giving the members of his body as a slave of righteousness is always an anointed of God. At the same time the anointed of God who has not given the members of his body as a slave of righteousness cannot be a warrior in prayer. And consequently, such a person similar to King Saul will not be able to provide God legitimate grounds upon which to establish his calling. Because as Samuel said to Saul, the Lord would have established your kingdom, but now it's being taken from you. He could not. uh, And so to establish his calling, consisting, and so... Like Saul, we will not be able to provide God legitimate grounds upon which to establish our calling consisting in adopting uh, and redeeming our body from the power of sin and death. And so the quality of the rock is first in him, in the Father God himself. And so those that are born from God and those whom he has found for himself, found as a student and as a servant, these are people who present the members of their body as slaves of righteousness. This way he confirms his salvation. Their salvation anoints them to power to adopt their body and to uh, establish the stronghold of resurrection in their body. Your brother Akadi shows us that in every name you need to collaborate with God so that at the door of our hope we can confirm this promise in ourselves. In every name. We were when looking at horn and strength and all of these names, they uh, are for confirming something within us and every aspect of us in our spirit, our soul, and our body. That and so we found again the name of God rock in the Father God. And now let's look at the Son of God and his quality of rock that also needs to be reflected in us. Second virtue of the name of God rock is one of the names of the Son of God as well as one of his qualities inherent to him as God. Isaiah 28, 16 through 18. 
Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Also I will make justice the measuring line. As soon as the Lord speaks of a rock or a stone in this case, also I will make, he immediately, immediately starts talking about justice and measuring line. Also, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plummet. And so the Lord sees our prayer uh, and we pretty much, the Lord decodes our entire heart with the prayer that we make. The phrase, a sure foundation, indicates the fact of how the strength of the Heavenly Father and the essence of the Son of God <clears throat> reveals Himself in the rock of the Heavenly Father, or how the rock of God flows from the strength of God. And so, sure foundation, the Lord is our rock. <clears throat> and we find that name here. We need to keep in mind that every time we study and come in contact with the powers contained in the name of God, the names of God, we become partakers of these powers, which is why we become responsible for presenting the interests of the power of the names of God in heaven, on earth, and in hell. Considering that a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, and a sure foundation that is presented by God as a rock in the form of Jesus Christ, placed by God into the foundation of Zion, we conclude that the chosen by God remnant has an organic membership to the rock of God consisting in the essence of the Son of God. And so, his first apostle, he named Cephas, if you remember, Rock. He passed on this name to him and laid him in the as he said, I, and upon this rock I will build my church. He put him into that foundation. Judas Iscariot also had a power in his name, but Judah, Judas was not able to keep that virtue. He was not able to open up the potential that was within his name, which the Lord gave him. He lost that virtue, as the demons also lost their virtue and are just waiting for the day of judgment. For us, it is necessary to reveal these virtues, in this case, uh, the virtue of the rock. Because the phrase, whoever believes will not act hastily, indicates the fact that our tested faith in the Son of God, weighed upon the scales of God's justice, will not be ashamed. Those saints that are not going to be able to demonstrate the quality of a rock, of course, they will be ashamed. Understandably, to test the faith that we have, by the power of the name of the Lord Rock, it is necessary to identify this faith or what God <coughs> or what God will weigh upon the scales of his justice. Although we are aware of the axiom identifying our faith, which consists in us strictly obeying the faith of God, spoken by the messengers of God, we will need to identify the faith of God, <coughs> which will be weighed upon the scales of justice in our obedience to this faith. If in our heart we will not have a true identification of the faith of God, or it will be founded upon what we see as through a dim mirror, then our obedience to the faith of God will be similar to looking through coffee grounds. 
and consequently, when the time of the harvest comes and we will be weighed upon the scales of righteousness, we will be found or end up lighter than emptiness because our faith will turn out not to be the faith of God, which we were supposed to have received by the preached word of the messengers of God and after confess it with our mouth, proclaiming the not existent as existent. Information of the sons of men, possessing two different degrees of theology built upon the understanding of their own personal intellect and their own personal deception, whom we have elected for ourselves that they uh, deceive our uncircumcised ear, as it is written, surely men of low degree are a vapor, men of high degree are a lie. They are weighed on the scales, they are altogether lighter than vapor. Psalm 62, 9. That's how God looks at uh, theologians or men of theology. Because they are not messengers of God. They're not delegated by God. Or in this case, you will see often uh, in cases where a person was a pastor and later you begin to see a little title changed under his name saying doctor of theology and this doctor this 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 uh, rank is just as vapor as it's written here a student of jesus christ is a title an apostle of jesus christ is a title but other so-called titles that they give people give themselves uh, they are lighter than vapor to differentiate the faith of God entrusted to man by God in the revelations of the Holy Spirit whom God has clothed with power to represent his fathership from the deception of men seared in their conscience whom we have elected for ourselves or who place themselves I will bring forth specific or apostle brings forth specific places of scripture identifying the faith of God as well as carriers of this faith and if we as builders of ourselves into a spiritual house reject this warning or will treat the faith of God presented in this rock with disdain then this rock called to become a foundation and stronghold of our faith and our salvation will instead become for us a rock against which we will be broken and will and that will crush us if we will not agree to have God's quality of, ro- of a rock we first will be broken against this rock or it will crush us but you say lord i don't want or the other we then need to collaborate with the name of god rock and it requires god's faith <laughs> matthew 21 42 through 44 jesus said to them have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on the stone will be broken, but on whom it falls, it will grind him to powder. First, uh, so let us look at four main signs identifying <clears throat> the faith of God. <clears throat> Upon what is the faith of God founded so that it have the appropriate weight. First sign identifying the faith of God 
Apostle Arkady presents to us. And so the first sign identifying the faith of God in or is order in accordance to which God sends us his faith. How does God send his, send his faith? <clears throat> and so if we can imagine, Jesus Christ is, is at the front and all are in his presence. And he says, let us start with this, the judgment. Begin the judgment. And he says first, my faith is received uh, within the order that I have established. Romans 10, 13 through 17. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then a series of questions. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they not, they not, not all have obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so God gives his word within his order. And so if a person is out of his order, then it's very difficult in such circumstances to have his faith. There where the throne of Satan is, God may be able to preserve those who have kept uh, faith in themselves, but to keep them in their garments from the fire, <clears throat> they needed to hear the word and live uh, uh, by the word in a place where the truth is not uh, uh, readily available. And this includes any denomination, Baptists, Pentecostals, whomever else, where and many denominations where the order of God is not present, but their people in there can live upon one condition if they receive the truth and have then the opportunity to abandon this Babylon. The, the Lord says, get out from Babylon, and you say, where, where do I go? Um, for example, in Africa, in the middle of the wilderness. But then uh, come out from the inner Babylon. But if I'm in uh, cities that have thousands of churches, and then you look at your phone, and two to three more churches just opened, Then you say, Lord, where do I go? I will come out from Babylon. Where do I need to go? I need a place where I can tend my, sh my flocks. First sign, the faith of God, where the Lord judges and weighs us, is the word of God is given to us within his order from the person who is God's messenger, who, it, who represents the fathership of God, and have clear clear signs of the Holy Spirit upon him and anointing of the Holy Spirit and the ability to pass on his uh, the, the Lord's truth. <clears throat> of course, we need the anointing, of course, to listen to it as well, but we're talking specifically about that. Second sign identifying the faith of God is the location, quality, and characteristics of the faith of God. 
we already determined the spring and now let's look at the character of the words that we need to hear does it uh, does it steer us uh, to look at what's uh, what what's in God and what is above or what is in the world first Peter 1 3 through 9 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen you love, though, though now you do not see him, you believe, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. First Peter 1, 3 through 9. And so if a person says, now I have found God's anointed one, it's good. But if you begin to listen and uh, if you hear uh, words as, God wants us to be prosperous and if you're not rich, you're cursed, and things, phrases like this, And so these are not things, these are not promises, inheritance that is in heaven. This is this is the opposite of that. Third sign, identifying the faith of God is sermon, bearing information about the kingdom of heaven and the rule of this kingdom within the body of a man. Not just a gospel of salvation, but about the kingdom that has a specific uh, required price. Matthew 4.23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness. He preached the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. And so when people say, well, at least if I can get to the threshold of the heavens somehow, this is not the gospel of the kingdom. This Uh, this means that these people, whomever they're listening to, is uh, probably teaching deception, and it's not the gospel of the kingdom. And so, as Jesus said, strive to enter through the narrow gate, because many will try and not be able to. And so when the disciples were listening to Jesus, they uh, they were thinking that pretty much it's impossible to be saved based on how he was stating it. But he then was explaining further that and as, for example, there are some that are very intense on the stage, they have a lot of emotion, they wave the Bible. If the teaching that they give is not about the kingdom of heaven, then this is not uh, a gospel of the kingdom. Fourth sign, identifying the faith of God is the purpose of the faith of God, which is directly linked to our relationship with one another. 
Mark 11, 20 through 26. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembered, uh, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whoever, and whenever you stand uh, praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Mark 11, 20-26. And another place, 1 John 1, 5-7. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. What is this message? That God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the, the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. And so that is the second uh, virtue of the name of God, Rock, and it is in son, the Son, Jesus Christ. We found it in the Son, or the Father, now and then in the Son, and now let's look at the Holy Spirit and how He is associated with the name Rock. Third virtue of the name of God, Rock, is the Word of God coming from the mouth of God, as well as the Holy Spirit, who is the inspiration and doer of this work spoken by His prophets. Revelations 11, 1 through 6. <clears throat> then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for forty-two months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy one thousand and 260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, <clears throat> fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain fall on the days of their prophecy and they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. <clears throat> and so they want everything that the Holy Spirit wants. As much as we know the Word of God and the Holy Spirit who inspires and fulfills or does His Word spoken by His prophets, is presented in Scripture as the unification of two formats of the wisdom of God in the form of the Thummim and Urim as one inseparable whole. <clears throat> and the Urim and Thummim, something wholesome, something immovable, something surprising. This is a masterpiece. Two formats of God's wisdom, the Word of God and Holy Spirit, who reveals the Word, they are together. 
Let's read the wisdom of Solomon. The wisdom of Solomon, what he said here. <clears throat> wisdom of Solomon 7, 21 through 28. And all things, and all such things as are either secret or manifest them I know. For wisdom, which is the worker of all things, taught me, for in her is an understanding spirit Understanding spirit, holy, one only, manifold, subtle, lively, clear, undefiled, plain, not subject to hurt, loving the things that are are good, quick, which cannot be leaded, ready to do good, kind to man, steadfast, sure, free from care, having all power, overseeing all things, and going through all understanding, pure and most subtle spirits for wisdom is more moving than any motion she passeth and goeth through all things by reason for her pureness for she is the breath of the power of God and a pure influence flowing from the glory of the Almighty therefore can be cannot def, therefore can no can no defiled thing fall into her for she is the brightness of the everlasting light the unspotted mirror of the power of God and the image of his goodness and being but one can do all things and remaining in herself she maketh all these all things new and so again when it says that God loves those who have it uh, it's those who have this erm and, thir- and thummim and in all ages entering into holy souls she maketh them friends of God and prophets, for God loved none but him that dwelt in wisdom. The unification, collaboration of the two formats of, of the wisdom of the Most High in the form of the Urm and the Thummim presented in Scripture in various symbols, each of which present various purposes in the destruction of the stronghold of death and the bo- in the body of a holy person as well as the erection of the stronghold of life in its place. This first is the form of the two wings of a great eagle, second in the form of the two great witnesses, third in the form of two olive trees, and fourth in the form of two lampstands. <clears throat> These four symbols, although they pursue one goal, demonstrated in the destruction of the stronghold of death in the body of man and the erection of the stronghold of life, they fulfill different purposes to achieve the placed by God goal to present a person in Jesus Christ perfect in the love of God agape. Therefore, these four purposes are diluted in one the other, come one from the other, empower one the other, and confirm the truthful nature of one the other. The symbol of 1,260 days sums up to three years and six months. This is a span of time between the rapture of the male child as the bride of the Lamb, and the return of Christ with his bride to govern for a thousand years. This is the time of trials, <clears throat> where the two witnesses, the two olive trees, the two lampstand, the two great uh, wings, <clears throat> the symbol of the two olive trees, the two lampstands, in the form of two witnesses that stand before the God of all the earth, is a category of holy prophets having two wings of a great eagle in the form of the male child. At at the rapture of the male child to God and to his throne, the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman, just as when 
prophet Elijah was raptured, his mantle was given to Elisha. <clears throat> the symbol of the reed, like a measuring rod given to John to measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship in the temple is the rod of the mouth of the prophets of the Most High, preaching the faith of God, the seed of the word of truth in the form of the elementary teaching of Christ. The truth of the elementary teaching of Christ, spoken by the prophets of the Most High, is the reed like a measuring rod of God, with which we need to measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship in it. <clears throat> the temple of God is the church The temple of God is the church of Jesus Christ living on earth. The altar are motives and goals that the church of Jesus Christ is called to pursue living on earth. People worshiping in the temple of God are worshipers of God in the form of every holy person having an organic membership to the body of Christ in the form of the bride of the Lamb. Therefore, measuring or weighing was to examine the temple of God and the altar and those worshiping in the temple, how much they in their life correspond to worshipers of God, worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. Luke 1, 3, 4. It seems good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know this certainty of those things in which you were instructed. <clears throat> he passes on this teaching as Elijah did to Elisha, as the male child will pass on the, the two wings of the great eagle to the, to the woman, the same thing the apostle passes on to his uh, students, passing on from one to the next. The phrase that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed means so that you can examine the truthfulness of the foundation of the instruction you have been given. John himself, who was given the reed like a measuring rod so that he can measure the temple of God and the altar and those worshiping in it, is the symbol of the prophets of the Most High given the authority of readers or the authority of fathers of God. Revelations 1.3, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. <clears throat> there is the reader who is the planner and the reader who is the water. And so I am as a water. When you read your your uh, <clears throat> the, the sermons of pastor at home or at this, in your cell groups, th these are also your waters in this case. When pastor preaches it, he is the planner. In the given place, this is the category of Elisha who received the power of prophet Elijah after his rapture, which is why he was clothed into the mantle of prophet Elijah <clears throat> into the power of a reader. Therefore, to measure the temple of God and the altar and those worshiping in it, it is necessary to have the quality of a rock in yourself and to be clothed into the rock consisting in the name of God rock. Because for such measuring where we are called to weigh upon the scales of righteousness, the temple of God and the altar and those worshiping in it corresponds to the ability in the name of God rock. We know that the temple of God in which God dwells is simultaneously existing in three realms, which discover themselves in one the other and make one whole. This is first the heights of the heavens, second the temple of the bride of the Lamb, and 
third the heart of a man, one of broken spirit and who trembles before the preached word of God. And so let us look at these three partitioned rooms that were present in the temp <clears throat> in the temple or existed in the temple that made up the temple. There was the first uh, <clears throat> and so all of that was measured so that the Holy of Holies and, and the Holy Place, they were measured, but the outer courtyard uh, wasn't. The first partitioned room of the inner courtyard of the temple where here on earth is the Holy of Holies, which symbolizes the saints included in the category of the male child. Revelations 12, 5, 6, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. This was the first room. The second partitioned room of the inner a courtyard of the temple on earth is the holy place symbolizing the saints who are part of the category of the bride who bore the male child. And so the 24 elders, four living creatures, this is the holy of holies, the 24,000 that are sa uh, saved or the 144,000 of the saved, these are the uh, the holy place. Revelations 12, 13 through 16. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and a time and a half time for the presence of the serpent. So from the presence of the servant. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood with the dragon had spew uh, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Revelations 12, 13 through 16. So this is deception that comes out of the mouth. Uh, and so the earth helped her. The promises that uh, that they received, this promise will keep them in the time of trial. And so these promises, they'll very much help uh, the bride because she'll have, or, or the woman, because she'll already have them in herself. When this false teaching will be spewed out, she will not be receiving it. The promises that she are in her uh, will the earth helped her uh, in this manner. The third partitioned room of the temple here on earth is the outer courtyard representing the saints included in the category represented in the seat of the woman who due to specific circumstances had not grown into full measure of growth in Christ. And so this is a more uh, category in more, that is in more, dan in more danger that the devil is more focused on and, and can harm. Revelations 12:17. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. 
And so this one, uh, this uh, testimony needs to still be established in them or confirmed within them, this category that it's referring to here, this uh, uh, seed of the woman, the many that came from her. In the studied by us event, the outer courtyard of the temple in the form of the human body given to be trampled by the Gentiles indicates the fact that the body of saints born from the seed of the woman within the span of three and a half years will be uh, persecuted, trampled upon by the power of the old man with his deeds. <clears throat> now let's look at these three, uh, now within our own essence, these three uh, part partitioned yards or rooms um, within our own essence, within our own body. Looking at the three yards of the temple in the three aspects of the human essence, then the first yard of the temple of God in the form of the Holy of Holies, where the ark was, is the born from God spirit of man, grown into the full measure of growth in Christ. The second uh, yard of the temple of God, the partitioned yard of the temple of God in the form of the holy place, is the aspect of the whole of the soul of man born from the seed of the preached word of truth and having died in the death of the Lord Jesus and rose again in his resurrection. This is the holy place. And the third yard of the temple of God in the form of the outer courtyard is the aspect of the human body where the stronghold of death is destroyed and the stronghold of eternal life is erected in its place. And so all of these components of rock need to be present in us. And we read this. Uh, we read about how things will be, of course, with people that will uh, be left for the coming trials. But why Pastor mentioned uh, them, uh, the things that they will be doing during the times of the trial were supposed to be done by them before the rapture. And what will happen during the time of the trials, uh, the bride of the Lamb that will be uh, that will be raptured, those things that she'll experience, uh, the bride of the Lamb that will be raptured, the male child is experiencing today uh, these things overcoming today. He's measuring our Holy of Holies and our Holy Place and in the book of Daniel it says that I will allow that the outer courtyard the body of saints uh, suffer at the hands of the Gentiles. Before the start of the week of Daniel, we need to understand that those saints whom God has prepared to receive the promise of resurrection for their body, very little time remains and the devil will be especially enraged and he will want to do everything to withhold their body from receiving the stronghold of resurrection. And so at the time of the start of the week of Daniel, these people will be delivered from their illnesses and the stronghold of life will fill their bodies and they will still be among us. Now life is in their spirit, soul, and body. 
Now the second category, the 144,000, the woman, she, because of the 24 elder, four living creatures will receive two wings from her and know she will remain. She will know. Because the stronghold of life has been established in their bodies and while they're here on earth, the the woman while she's here on uh, while she's here with the bride, she will need to confirm this promise for herself. But before the trials begin, the time of the trials, the hundred forty four thousand need to confirm the stronghold of life uh, for themselves in their spirit, soul, and body. And when the church will be raptured, the hundred forty four thousand will take on her authority and will receive the resurrection of Christ in their bodies. And no one will be able to hurt them. People won't even be able to think evil against uh, these people. And so the two witnesses, 144,000, wit these are the two witnesses. And they, during this time, will need to saturate this themselves with oil and will be a great threat for the Antichrist. And then the seed of the woman are the multitude for them it will be difficult during the times of the trials uh, the second half of the week of of Daniel and so those people they will be suffering greatly from the old man and will be persecuted greatly by the Gentiles and if they are saved it will be a great mercy of God and it's, uh, it's it, it, that's why it says pray that those days be shortened. And so we have the privilege uh, today to confirm the existing in a salvation. Right now, we will sing a psalm and call ourselves and myself also to this place to pray so that the Lord can confirm his word within us. And may the Lord, name of the Lord be blessed, and may he bless us in this prayer, so that upon this place all the works of the devil be destroyed in the form of illness, poverty, untimely death, fears, phobias, depression. If you have any of these qualities, come, come out here. We don't just come out here that God forgive our sins. He needs to forgive, but he also needs to justify us. We, uh, he, t he takes our sins, puts them upon Christ, but to, they also, we also need to be justified so that uh, so that these sins be taken off of Christ and placed upon the head of the devil when we're justified. And so we wait for he you here at the altar.
I am going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side. He's not against you. He loves you with an eternal love. He has given to you your redemption. He stands between us and our enemies to protect us and to raise us to his level. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to God. This is a sign that your hands are without wrath or doubt. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you upon this holy place, the church of your holy nation. I repent and I open up my heart so that you can see my pain, my suffering, my wounds inflicted by sin and lusts that I hate and that I reject. I come to you with my pain, with my fear, with dishonor. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal me, restore me, protect me with the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May upon you the ancient mountains and everlasting hills that its promises be on you and may the stronghold of death be thrusted out of your body with noise and may the stronghold of life be erected in its place may this be upon you and your children in the name of Jesus Christ and the nation shall say Amen And let us finish with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.